It's 8 p.m. Boulevard Watch Time. On Christmas, say Merry Christmas. On New Year, say Happy New Year. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Pie Factory Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Pie Factory Podcast. Same goes for me. And for you. Uh, as per usual, this is the usual uh, Jimmy G. And this is the usual Sean. And we got a bit of a special episode today because uh, things have just been busy lately and uh, didn't really haven't gotten a chance to really prepare for the the long-awaited uh, Bad Dudes versus Dragon Ninja and uh, Zero Wing episode. So we're going to put that off until January. Yeah. We figured we'd give you a little something to, you know, whet your appetite. To, you Ooh, know, appetite keep whetting. You, yeah. Uh, we don't want you all to line. have a dry appetite, you know. To keep you all in line until we get back to you. Uh, so, how have you been, Sean? I think I've been pretty similar to how you've been, hence this weird episode we're doing. Be- because, I mean, we... I, honestly... If it hadn't been for Hyde St. Pierre, there's no, we still would be waiting for the episode we had recorded before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because we both been super busy. I have two other podcasts whose episodes were late. So, so late that one of them is still not out for November, but is in post-production and man, seriously, as much as we like to uh, make fun of Hyde, he really saved our butts. So, yes, he yeah. Did. Yeah, I'm behind on the latest episode of uh, This Week in Potatoes, so hopefully that'll be out That is soon. still a thing, huh? That is still a thing, yeah. Um, huh. I'm getting uh, uh, actually a, a bit of a grant from the uh, Idaho uh, Potato Board. It was either them or uh, the one from Wisconsin. Wisconsin actually makes some good potatoes. Really? But I chose Idaho because, you know, brand recognition and yeah, all that. Yeah, they're famous for their potatoes, of course. Famous potatoes. That's closer to where the truth lies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so, yeah. At so the very least, closer than, uh, much closer than, say, live, live free, free or, or die. die. Yeah. yeah. And uh, where it's, it's been a slow slog on the uh, USGS uh, quad by quad uh, topographic map oh, podcast. Boy. I got to keep going on that one. I think I left off on the um, Cut Bank Montana quad last time. Hmm. So I got to get back to that one. Interesting. Yeah. Before you know it, we'll be uh, all the way up into North Dakota. So I'm looking huh. forward to that. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it is North Dakota. Yeah. So, yeah. How have you been? Well, other than busy. Oh, well, yeah. Seriously busy. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. Not so busy that I did not make it to Underground Retrocade because I went the day before Thanksgiving uh-huh. and I did play one of the games that we're going to talk about for the next episode all the way through. And I have some things I'm going to, I have to say about that, but not right now. I I don't want to, you don't want to show your hand Mm. as it were. No, no, I I really don't. Yeah. I've got to play through them both a little bit more. I did play through all the way on uh, one of them, but on one of the home ports, but not on uh, the MAME or the console. Yeah. So, or (laughs) Not on MAME or the console. Not on MAME or in the arcade is what I meant. Yeah, right. So we'll see what happens with that. But I have been... I've been mostly playing solitaire on my phone lately. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to get a good old card game out there. I haven't actually played solitaire with an actual deck of cards in a long time. Now, you're talking Klondike solitaire, right? Uh, actually, several different, uh, oh, okay. several cool. different uh, ones. I got to say this. This... 
I've been using this version of uh, Solitaire on my phone ever since I got my first smartphone. It was, it's called like Solitaire Classic or something. Classic. Anyway. I don't, yeah, I don't remember the exact name of it. Uh, and I liked it a lot, so I decided to pay the $10 for the upgraded version, which uh, gets rid of the ads or anything. Then they come out with a new version, and uh, they put the ads back in. you got to pay another $10 oh my, for it. Are you kidding me? Not kidding. Oh, geez, and they, and they the don't make it reason, retroactive? Well, the thing is, now $10 unlocks a whole bunch of extra solitaire games, and then an extra $10 gets rid of the ads. Hmm. And it's not just banner ads either. It's like full-blown video oh, ads geez. between hands. Fortunately, the, the video ads are like between like every eight hands, so it's not that intrusive. But I, I just hate video ads yeah. and, and apps anyway. I don't mind banner ads, but let me tell you about video ads, though. I took a iOS development course in grad school before I dropped uh-huh. out, and I really need to relearn it because I got an app I've been working on for years that's so far not gone beyond a 75% functional website. But regardless, our instructor was telling us about how he had a student who finished up an app, his first app Uh ever. It was a free app, but he had a little thing in there that allowed ads. When he released it to the Apple store or to the uh, iTunes store, the app store, whatever the hell they call it. I I have an iPhone. I don't even know what it's called. Jeez. It happened to coincide with an upcoming new Batman movie and they placed the trailer in his ad. And of course people clicked on it because they wanted to see the trailer. And this guy raked in a lot of money because of that. Wow. Yeah. So man, I hope, I hope I can make that happen for me. My app's going to be free, but still. (laughs) To finish my thoughts on this though, the main reason I haven't stopped using it other than I've already paid $10 for it as I think it is still probably the best solitaire on Android. Because they even if you don't pay the $10 for all sorts of extra games, there's still a whole ass load of different solitaire hmm. uh, versions on it. And I've got like six there. i got Klondike, uh, Spider 2 Suit, one called Carpet, Belagered Castle, which is one of my favorites. Uh, let me think, what else? Uh, Perpetual Motion, that's a fun one. Like three or four others that I have in my yeah. favorites. So... It's got a ton of different games, and it's cool. But it's just like I don't know. Although I will say this, I'm about ready to start subscribing to YouTube monthly because I'm just tired of the ads. The ads have gotten way out of control on YouTube. I haven't had that problem. It's like every video I watch, it starts with two ads. Usually, only one of them I can skip, or uh, mark as irrelevant, inappropriate, or repetitive. Oh, by the way, this is for patrons only. F*** you, L.L. Bean, for not letting me mark your ads as irrelevant. Then I'll get like an ad like three minutes into a video and then like every five to ten minutes afterwards. And it's just gotten unbearable. Dude, you know what really has been cheesing me off, though? In, huh. on who, I don't know if it's just Hulu or if it's any other services that, that I can get through my Roku, but it, I've been experiencing this specifically in Hulu. I only pay like 99 cents a month for that thing, so I don't get the uh, the no commercial version or anything. But uh-huh. sometimes when there is an ad break, one of the commercials, there will be a screen that asks you, which experience would you prefer? And you have three choices of what kind of ad you get from that particular wow. advertiser. And the thing is, every single time, because it, it actually, 
the ad, like, let's say it's a 30 second spot. That 30 seconds does not count until you actually select the experience that you desire. And the thing is, it does not push the actual program back to make up for it. So when that ad is done, it actually overlaps and you resume the show already in progress. And what what I usually do is if I see that, I will click an experience and then hit the back button. And that kind of bypasses it somehow. But (laughs) every and this is for Patreon sponsors, too. Every time it's a Lululemon ad, it screws up. It doesn't select anything. And it just fr- it just hangs there on that screen and totally screws everything up. So f- you, Lululemon, and your overpriced yoga damn pants. <laughs> One thing I noticed about... Funny thing, uh, my wife is a yoga instructor. Not full time, just part time. I didn't know that. Yeah, she, she got certified a couple of years ago. Oh. She does not own yoga pants. You know why? Because she uses regular pants, she uses sweatpants, and other comfortable pants. Anyway, yeah. sorry. But uh, one thing I did notice on YouTube... The gurus on, in India uh, don't use yoga pants. One thing I noticed on YouTube, on smart TVs and on my uh, Comcast cable box, they now have an option where you can send the ad to your phone. Oh, how sweet. How nice of them. Uh, you know what? Just leave that off. Nobody's going to click that. Oh, spe- wow. speaking of uh, ads and stuff, I do believe we have an underwriter for this episode. Oh, we do. Yes, that's right. We do. And um, I don't know if they're going to be a regular sponsor because they are all about current events, but yes. uh, should we just run it now or you want to wait a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Let's run it now so that our friends can listen to some upcoming events that uh, they're going to tell us about. So I'd uh, put the thing here. Starbeat presents what's happening. Through Sunday, September 18th, Sundancers, Route 53, One Mile North of I-55, Bolingbrook, host the English Leather Bikini Calendar Girl Contest semifinals on Tuesday, September 13th, plus the Grand Finals on Saturday, September 24th. The Virgo Birthday Party with free drinks and surprises for all those born under the sign, plus free food and cake for all on Thursday, September 15th at Jukebox Saturday Night, 5200 West, 159th Oak Forest. At the Prime and Tender, 63rd Harlem, a wet t-shirt spectacular every Tuesday. Day, plus Saturday dollar drinks midnight till 2 a.m. at the Prime and Tender. Brightside appears at the Vineyard, 75th and KS Darien, plus intimate apparel fashion shows every Monday and Thursday. At Eric's 3300 West 111th, check out the new stereo video system with 25 inch color monitors all over the club, projection TV, and incredible video sound shows. Now, 25 cent drinks from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. Tuesdays at the Saints and Sinners, 9053 South Archer Willow Springs, with live bands Tuesday through Saturday. This is Steve Cronin. For more what's happening information, call the Starbeat Dictaphone at 948. 948- 8800. Wow, so that's those sound like pretty exciting events. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to head on down to the Prime and Tender, uh, you know, for their uh, little uh, little event that they're having. Uh, I'm going to make sure I bring plenty of water for that. Uh, I have yep. a feeling people are going to be thirsty there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I totally yeah. hear you. Man, I just might have to go to the suburbs this coming week. Hmm. Yes, yes. Over to the Prime and Tender. Yeah. So um, that, was a, that was a nice ad. I I'm hoping they come on as a permanent underwriter because, as I said, it's nice to know about current events around town. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, so, yeah it's a shame that you know, a good deal of our listeners aren't even in this country with us, but if they ever visit true. the Chicago metro area, they know what to do. Yes. Head down to the Prime Center. Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm not selling it very well, am I? <laughs> hey, that's not your responsibility. It's their responsibility. That's true. So, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. So, um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been really busy, and uh, just thought we'd pop something out here. Yeah. Uh, I was playing. Uh, what was I playing earlier today? 
I fired up the 7800. Ooh, nice. And uh, something, I little... did, something I haven't done since our last episode, unfortunately. Yeah, I haven't done it in a while. I've been mainly, mainly focusing on the Genesis. Uh, something I, I... What was I was playing earlier? Um, oh, I was playing some uh, Baby Pac-Man yeah. on it. Haven't touched that in a while. I was going to play Akari Warriors on it, and I think the Akari Warriors on the 7800 is the best home version of the game that I've played so far. But... Um, no continues, and it's the, the, you got to really go through that game meticulously uh, because of the no continue thing. And hmm. uh, from what I understand, it takes 20 to 30 minutes to beat the game. Uh, I have not gotten that far yet. I've gotten like two-thirds of the way through the game. And um, sometimes it just feels like, I don't know if I want to go through all the slog again. But, yeah. But I still enjoy it quite a bit. I've talked about Commando High. I like that version better than the NES version. And um trying to think, I played a 2600 game, but I don't remember what I I played. I tried Condor Attack. Uh, who was it? I watched a video or heard a podcast recently that was talking about Condor Attack. I think Atari Bytes just talked about it recently. Atari Bytes dropped Kroll on the day we're recording this. Oh, so yeah. So it might, it might have been Atari Bytes. Yeah, and I know Ferg covered it earlier in the year. Uh-huh. Of course, it just Maybe. begs the question. I, I don't. I really don't remember. I played it, but I don't remember. Are, is it that the condors are doing the attacks, or are you attacking the condors? Well, the the enemies look like uh, birds, so I'm assuming they're doing the attacking. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a um, shame that you probably have to shoot those suckers because condors are rare. No, they're coming back. They close off uh, a lot of trails at uh, Zion National Park in Utah during. Uh, during nesting season for the condors, hmm. they've been sighted all over uh, the Grand Canyon. They're definitely coming back, uh, just like the bald eagles have come back in recent years. Uh, I yeah. keep talking. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show, but uh, in uh, January, February, uh, over here at uh, Starved Rock State Park in uh, beautiful North Utica, Illinois, they uh, have the uh, bald eagle weekends where they have like little presentations and stuff a couple years every year they have like the uh what's the organization it's like the illinois raptor society which uh, they deal with uh, injured birds of prey yeah and they'll have a they'll bring a show a couple years ago i i actually sat in on one they brought in some owls and and did they bring in a condor hmm uh, they brought in they brought in some owls and some hawks and uh, i think they were going to bring a bald eagle but something happened to it and they couldn't bring it in because of like a, it had a wing problem or something. Yeah. So they nurse them back to health and whatever. And if you ever have a park nearby that has these birds of prey or even reptile uh, exhibits coming in every now and go to them because they are fascinating. Hmm. I bring it up because they also, I mean, in the winter, because of where uh, Starved Rock is situated on the Illinois River, it's a prime feeding ground for bald eagles in the winter because it freezes way up north and they, you know, the eagles can't fish. So they come down to where there's water. The Illinois River it never, hardly ever freezes over, and it never freezes over there at Starved Rock because there's a dam that keeps churning the water, so they can fish there. The dam what? Ha <laughs> ha. And um, I think I've told the story where uh, one time I was walking down the uh, stairs from the top of the rock itself, and I looked to my left, and in a tree not more than six feet away, there was a bald eagle just staring oh, at Oh, yeah, I think you did mention that. And... Uh, <laughs> You think they're big until you're that close to one. <laughs> they're huge. Hmm. But uh, we have a permanent nesting pair, and they have a, uh, a uh, well, it's probably not an immature eagle now. 
it's probably on its own. So there's a permanent nesting pair uh, in the park with young. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, if you, if you have a park that has these programs, I mean, check them out. They're, they're educational and they're fun. And uh, you get to see things you never see before. Indeed. And, uh, so it is a fun time. Oh, yeah. And as an aside, go hiking in the winter. The crowds stay away and the snow, when it covers everything, it just makes everything so fresh and new and different. Just make sure you have like traction on your feet because trails get icy. Yeah, you might want to invest in ice cleats, I imagine. At the visitor center at Starved Rock, we sell yak tracks, which are like springs that attach to your shoe, Hmm. not vertically, but horizontally. And uh, they grip into the ice and snow and um, they work because... Especially there's one trail into French Canyon where you actually have to walk through the creek to get back to the waterfall. Oh, yeah. Another reason to hike in the winter, frozen waterfalls. Oh, man. I would love to see that. And at Starved Rock, there's three places in the park where they actually allow ice climbing. Really? And uh, Yes. Uh, Wildcat Canyon has the tallest waterfall in the park at 90 feet. It's the deepest canyon at about 100 to 110 feet. And uh, this... It's probably not going to happen this year because it's been unseasonably warm so far. It's supposed to get 60 this coming, or 70 this coming Wednesday. But yeah. um, it is uh, fascinating watching people do, uh, do ice climbing. It's something I could never do because I'm scared of heights. I have no interest in climbing. So. Oh, I'll watch them. But, you know, ice climbing is fascinating. And uh, if you have a park nearby that allows it, go watch. It's really fun. Yeah. To watch. Oh, and since you brought up console gaming, which I unfortunately have not had a chance to do since our last uh, episode was recorded, uh, but I have solidified deciding to keep my Collector Vision Phoenix. Sorry, Richard. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and I think I solidified it by shelling out for the uh, Collector Vision Experience Club membership. It is hella expensive, but hey, I use PayPal credit so I could pay it off over time without interest. <laughs> it now includes three cartridge games, I believe, uh, because they reached their they they reached a certain limit. They're like, hey, guess what? We have enough people. Now we're going to add another game to it. I know one of them is an arcade conversion that they haven't announced yet. I figured, yeah, why not? Why not? So I did. I didn't want to regret it later. And also, I figured if I if I'm doing this, it'll nudge me into using that thing more. Especially because coming up is my last week of work for the year. It's a four-day work week for me. Well, actually, three and a half, really. And I figured I'm going to be off until January 4th or something, so that'll give me plenty of opportunity, knock on wood, to actually try this thing out. And I'd love to try that Sydney Hunter game, too, that I've yet to touch. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've, I've played that. It's um, I'm trying to think of what it's kind of reminiscent to. It reminds me a little bit of a game that was on the ST and uh, Amiga called Rick Dangerous, but there's more to it than just what Rick Dangerous was. There's more. Rick Dangerous was mostly about uh, memorizing everything, and while there's a lot of that in this game, there's a lot more adventure. It's, it's maybe it's a. I think it's a mashup between Rick Dangerous and Pitfall Two. Uh, hmm. I think is the way to describe. And it. I just looked on my shelf. Of uh, I have uh, three shelves of uh, boxed video games, and one of the shelves at the end, I have a small stack of loose carts, uh, uh-huh. which used to have my Sydney Hunter game on it, and I don't know where oh. it is now. It's not there now, so I'm kind of worried. Uh-oh. I'm sure it's there somewhere. Nobody probably broke into your house just to steal that. Oh, wait. Oh, I found it. There it is. Okay. Ah, there you go. So, yeah, I was right. Somebody broke into the house and moved it on me. That's what it was. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, boy. So, yeah, I got that going on. 
And one thing I did not shell out for was uh, what you tagged me in on the uh, book face a few days ago. It looks really, really, really awesome, but it's like, yeah, I can't justify the expense on that. Uh, that uh, Mr. Enclosure, oh, that right. basically yeah. it, it looks so awesome that uh, LGR reviewed, but man, yes. it's hella expensive. It's probably worth the money. I will give you that because it does contain the memory module, the add-on mm-hmm. board that ha- that has all the USBs and stuff. Usually, most people who buy a Mister actually buy that separately, which I did. But right now, my Mister is enclosed in a self-made Lego case that I have to redo <laughs> because you have to put the. Uh, it's powered by a micro SD slot, but the problem is the way that I built my Lego case, it is dang near impossible to reach that SD slot and pop things uh-huh. out uh, pretty easily. So I have to rethink the design on that. You know what you need is a good trip to the Lego store to look at their bulk uh, parts wall and just to get some ideas. Or go to a bricks and minifig store where they sell parts in bulk. They just got, they got like these huge tables, and I'm talking huge tables, and they just have random parts in, in these things. And you just dig through them looking for everything you need. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, it's not so much the bricks themselves that I'm looking for. I'm just looking to redesign the thing. And the problem is, it's really hard to actually pre-plan the design because the board of the mister is not conducive. It's not perfectly even with the width of Lego bricks. So you kind of have to have it on an angle a little bit. Not necessarily. There's ways to finagle that kind of stuff. What I would do is download the Lego Digital Designer. I have that. I should try okay. it. And uh, see if you can't uh, get the measurements of the uh, of the mister and uh, hmm. you know, work with that for a little bit. At one time, I actually tried designing a, uh, a mock-up of the Mackinac Bridge, and it, got, it was getting really big and really expensive. <laughs> but it was like, hey, it was something I was kind of curious about, so what you going to do? Yeah. Oh, by the way, can we uh, do a drinking arena? Uh, yes, let us. Okay. Our, oh, no, no lettuce, but drinks. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't seen a lettuce soda yet. There probably will be, though, eventually. I mean, everything else has been done. So I thought I took a little trip over to Lickety Split, my favorite, well, any, really, I, don't, I have not yet entered a frozen custard vendor that I did not love. So, so they're all my favorite, but the one by me has the, has a lot of weird uh, sodas and some of the exotic ones. Like they actually carry Moxie, which is mainly a new England thing. Uh, I have never tried Moxie. It is freaking weird. I think it's the first major commercial pop or pardon me. It's from new England, the first major commercial tonic. And Mm -hmm. It's really weird because when you first taste it, it tastes kind of like Dr. Pepper, but then the taste turns really weird and bizarre. It's hard to describe. It's definitely worth checking out. And unfortunately, they carry Moxie at this place, but they don't carry the cream soda that Moxie makes. Moxie's cream soda is the best factory-made cream soda really? I've ever had. It is so nice. So Have nice. To try it. But this stuff that I'm having right now is Lester's Fixin's Enchilada Soda. Ooh, I am intrigued. So am I. Um, It smells weird. You'll have to get me a bottle of it. Yeah, I'll try to keep that in mind next time I'm there. Yeah, it smells like something you'd find in the yard, but I can kind of see how it kind of smells kind of Tex-Mexy, so uh, it is, the color is orange, 
Okay. Give it a shot. I have a glass of lemonade here with me just to wash this down in case it's bad. Oh, God. All right. There's kind of a jalapeno flavor to it, but not yeah. spicy. You know oh. what I mean? It's like, like it doesn't yeah. taste hot. A jalapeno soda soda actually sounds good. All right. The thing is, it tastes really bad at first. Uh-huh. And it tastes like you're eating grass or something. <laughs> or at least for me. But the more uh-huh. I'm drinking it, the more I'm like, okay, it's not really that bad. I'll definitely have to try it. Yeah, if I see some again, I'll I'll pick up a bottle for you. Cuz I liked the I liked the buffalo wing uh, soda they make. Mm. That stuff I thought was pretty good. Yeah. I try to remember if I had that. I want to think maybe you did. I want to think maybe so we should, too. <laughs> we probably should have been putting that information down in our yeah. our spreadsheet also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially since I stole the idea from you anyway. Uh, Cuz well. you actually started except you did a, you were doing video versions. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's not bad. It starts out terrible and it gets less bad. You know what? We're going to have to do a drinking arena, but uh, take the drinks and make them into floats. Oh, man. That could be disastrous. <laughs> Some of them, I think, would be really, really good. Like, I think the maple bacon one would be really oh, good I'm sure as a float. Oh, that would definitely be good, yeah. But some of the, like, the butter one and the sweet corn... Those will be terrible. <laughs> yeah, because the thing is, I found from experience, there, there are a lot of people who like blending sweet mm-hmm. things with savory things. Like me. And for me, a lot of times, it's, it just doesn't work. Like, case in point, 10 years ago, my wife and I went to Austin for spring break. And uh, one of the ice cream stores there, one of their specialties is a hot fudge sundae with mm-hmm. Guinness ice cream. Ooh, I'm intrigued again. I love Guinness. I love Guinness beer. It is amazing. Well, I don't know if I can say it amazing, but it's very, it's, I'm very, I don't drink beer that much, but when I do, it's either a Leinenkugel's Shandy or other fruit flavored drink of theirs or a Guinness. I rarely veer off those, those twos, twos, (laughs) those, those, (laughs) those beers, but I, I didn't have any of the time I was in that ice cream shop. But when we were waiting at the airport to come back home, I saw that they had an outpost at the airport. So I went over uh-huh. there and I asked for the uh, Guinness Hot Fudge Sunday. And the girl behind the counter says, oh, it's awesome. You're going to love it. Oh, no. I did not love it. Huh. I love Guinness. I love hot fudge. Just not together. I have been known to put Tabasco on Snickers bars. You know? Uh that and, could work. I could totally see that. And I've had, uh, one time I bought a habanero chocolate bar from uh, Walgreens downtown Chicago. And it, that actually was a disappointment because it was like habanero salt sprinkled on the top. The habanero wasn't actually mixed in with the chocolate, which is what I was expecting. And uh, one time I actually put Tabasco on ice cream and I fell in love with it. I don't do it on a regular basis. Sure. And one time on Good Eats, Alton Brown made a jalapeno ice cream topping, and I've been wanting to make that recipe, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. So I am a sucker for the combination of sweet and savory flavors. Hmm. And um, Like caramel I just, and well, sea salt, right? No. Oh, I hate that <laughs> I one. I hate that too. The sea salt is so overbearing. Yeah. No, salt does not go on caramel. No. Or caramel. Car- it's, yeah, dep- it's, yeah. It's spelled caramel, but I've been, I called it caramel all my life. It must be a Midwestern thing because I do I the same thing. I think it's a Midwest thing. thing. My yeah. wife says caramel. She's from Jersey. Well, so. 
Hey, she's from Jersey, gonna say caramel. Yeah. Um, and she says soda. She cannot. I I think I, I heard her slip a couple of times and say pop since she's been to in be fair, Chicago. Soda but, makes yeah. more sense than uh, soda makes more sense than pop, but pop makes yeah. more sense than calling everything Coke. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, thing is, you know why Coca Cola is called Coca Cola or Coke or whatever? It's because one of the prime ingredients is coca leaves. So if it's not right. if it's not coca leaves, you can't call it Coke. You can't call it a cola unless it's made from cola nuts. And you can't call it Coke unless it has a byproduct from the coal mining industry. Well, the thing is that if the if it's the same byproduct I'm thinking of, it's actually a byproduct of the coca leaves anyway. Uh, no. Coke is a different thing in the mining industry. It's oh, a form okay. Of oh, that stuff. Okay, I know what you're yes, talking about. Yes. Yeah. So, um. But, yeah. And, um, yeah, and, and this is a true story. My grandmother. My grandmother grew up in Bucktown. In fact, she was born in Bucktown, which is on the near north side of Chicago. She lived there until 1963. Then she lived in Morton Grove, which is just outside of Chicago, until 1985. And uh, she and my grandfather moved to very, very, very southern Wisconsin. My grandmother spending all that time in and right next door to Chicago, she always called the stuff soda. She never called it pop. One day at work, a previous job, we were having this soda and pop discussion. One of my coworkers said, uh, "If you're if you're from Chicago, it's pop. Period." And I said, "My grandmother always called it soda, and she was from Chicago." She said, "That's because your grandmama was white. If she were black, she would have called it pop." Uh, she, my coworker was black, by the way. That's why. <laughs> okay. I said, "Okay, point taken. Point taken." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we always called it pop. Yeah. When I, I I I remember when I was a kid, uh, you didn't ever had like the two liter bottles or like the like the the plastic you know twenty ounce bottles. It was always an eight pack in glass bottles. Oh yeah. And uh, you would return them to a special place at the customer service department at your local Eagle grocery yep. store or yep. Jewels or Kroger or even Kroger or Dominic's or whatever. And I think that was all national, but uh, yeah. a, a national thing. But it was so. Man. One time we actually had bought an eight pack of cherry Pepsi, I think it was. Maybe it was cherry RC. I don't remember. And uh, we opened it up, and there was mold inside. Oh, and we uh, we called the uh, called the company, and uh, they sent actually a representative from the bottling plant down to uh, take it away from us, and they uh, they hooked us up with uh, with some pop for a couple of months. Nice, really nice. So, yeah, that's customer service right there. Wait, and my yeah, my family we always called it pop. So actually, I take it back. I called it pop. My brother and dad, and especially my mother, would call it pop. Pap. I call it pop. They call it pop. <laughs> I I might have used to call it pop, but I think living pap. in New Jersey for those eight years kind of mellowed my Great Lakes accent a little bit. Mm-hmm. Especially like if you listen to my old radio tapes. Oh my god! Holy cow! We always called it. But yeah, do and, that again. Ah, the first time was best. Ooh. I haven't been able to do that good in years. You know what I used to be able to do when I was like, say, a preteen. Uh, excuse me, I used to do that really well. I used to be able to make a loud clicking noise with the tongue against the roof of my mouth. Like, real, like I can't. Yeah, do, I can't do it loud. I wonder if it's because of my wisdom teeth. I wonder if like wisdom teeth grew in and blocked that air pocket but my, my when i was when i lived in bourbon a my next door neighbor would do that all the time and i kind of learned it from him 
One thing I could never do is whistle. I still really can't do I it. I used to be able to slightly. I can <laughs> barely do it now. Never. I, I was I was never good I at never it. learned how to loud whistle through the teeth. No, I, I couldn't do it. One thing I could do. Let me see if I could do this here. Oh, is that the artificial fart under the arm? That's uh, actually using the hands as oh, musical mic. like musical mic uh, Kiefer, musical yes. Mic. Yep. One of oh, Weird Al's, dude, uh, I got tickets for Weird Al. I'm so excited. Yeah, I don't have I don't have tickets of that, but we do have tickets for uh, Journey in Toto. So. Ooh. Well, the thing is, the, what's, what I'm really excited about is a couple of years ago, Weird Al was doing a tour that was nothing but originals. And with an unplugged set, it was, I don't remember the exact name of it. And I totally missed it because by the time I heard about it, tickets were like very sold out. He's, this is the sequel to that tour. Yes. He's doing it again. So I'm so name. thrilled. Yeah. And it's going to be same at, extended name. And here it's going to be at Symphony Hall, which I'm excited about because it's an, it's easy to get to on mass transit. Just take a bus all the way down. And it's a good, it's a really good venue. I actually went to a performance of Rhapsody in Blue there a couple of years ago. It's the, the oh, acoustics are fantastic, and there's not a bad seat in the whole place. So yeah, the one thing I, I I'm kicking myself for not seeing that tour is because at each stop he was performing an actual cover song uh, at each stop. It was a different song. Really? Each, yeah. If he uh, he covered like just straight ahead one, cover. Just a straight ahead nice. cover. You could look at him on YouTube. Huh. One of them he did was Billy Idol's White Wedding. And um, the next day, he got a tweet from uh, Billy Idol because Billy Idol heard the heard the song. And he was like, I don't remember what Billy Idol exactly said, but he was like, dude, that was freaking amazing. <laughs> it, was, it was like he was lavishing praise out Weird nice. Al for his cover. Uh, he did. Uh, okay. I dislike says, Billy Idol less than. Now <laughs> uh, I'm kind of curious what songs weird al dead let me i'm on youtube that's where and while you're talking about that i'll tell i i have kind of a multi-interest oh he, sp- he covered weird al covered 77 songs wow i wonder how many of them okay. oh that's actually okay he did uh let's see if there's a list of what the songs he did was okay here's the covers he did smoke on the water hmm. blue suede shoes i saw her standing there Johnny Be Good, Do Wah Diddy Diddy, Dirty Water, Honky oh. Tonk Woman, Tutti Fruity, Wipe Out, in four different keys. Really? All day and all of the night. Should I stay or should I go? Blister in the sun. Uncontrollable urge. 8675309. <laughs> Psycho Killer. Hello there. Refugee. They long to be close to you. Cinnamon Girl. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Play that funky music. Uh, <laughs> Freebird, China Grove, Rebel Yell. Oh, it was Rebel Yell he did. That's oh, okay. One, not White Wedding. Stuck in the Middle with You, uh, Accordion Boogie, Are You Gonna Be My Girl, All Star, Squeeze Box, Ooh. Beat on the Brat, Brat, Last Train to Clarksville, Beer Barrel Polka, Breakdown, What I Like About You, We're an American Band, Peaches, It's Only Rock and Roll, But I Like It, Give Me Some Lovin', Glad All Over, Sunshine of Your Love, Particle Man, Land of a Thousand Dances, Crocodile Rock, Viva Las Vegas, Fire and Rain, Werewolves of London, I Want to Be Sedated, It's the End of the World as We Know It, Born to be Wild, Vertigo, You Really Got Me, Sweet Home Alabama, Suffragette City, Mama Told Me, Radio Radio, Girl You Want, This Is a Call, I'm Down, The Elements, Funeral for a Friend, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. Wait, 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 did you say The Elements? The Elements by Tom Lehrer. Oh my god. 
I want to hear that. Funeral for a friend. You make me feel like a natural woman. <laughs> God save the queen. No matter what. Classical gas. Rock and roll. Funk for number 49. Good lovin'. Foxy lady. Aqualung. Hard to handle. All right now. Summer nights. Magic carpet ride. Rebel rebel. Taking it to the streets. Not fade away. And school's out. Okay, at first when you said 77 I'll, I'll songs. I'll send you the link to Weird Al's got, a, got a, a video with snippets of every song. Oh, that's awesome. I, I would love to hear some of that stuff. But at first when you said 77 songs, I'm thinking, man, that's that's got to Well, we know that he's got a talented band. They know what the hell they're doing. But then when you started reading the songs off, it's like, okay, many of these have extremely basic chord patterns. Many have the exact same chord patterns. So there's not a hell of a lot of learning curve involved in a lot of these songs. Yes, his band is his band is good, and they might be simple songs, but uh, if they're performed well, not, that's you know. Let's not forget too, though, that Weird Al is a great singer. Oh, he he absolutely is, and oh my god, the the dude's what sixty years old, and he still has a full range. Oh yeah, and he's in better shape than I was when I was a quarter of his age. Now I gotta I gotta click the video here, and listen to this a little bit. His a clip from "You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman" by Aretha Franklin. Oh, you're gonna hear me like go on about Carol King's version of that in the next autobiography of a schnook. Spoiler. <laughs> I would love to hear Weird Al just do an album of songs, just straight up covers, but something that's out of context for him. You know, something that's not in his idiom. Like, do you have an example, theoretical? Like, you make me feel like a natural oh, okay. woman. That is interesting. <laughs> I've watched this video before. This is a great video. It's like 27 minutes long, but uh, hmm. 77 so- clips from 77 songs. So, I mean, come on. But, um, so yeah, a couple of Beatles, a couple of Devo yeah. songs in there, a couple of Stones. He does a good job on all of these. Hmm. So something else I did, I did, this was over Thanksgiving weekend and there is a, I I don't know. I just have to tell this. There's, I don't know if it's necessarily a, a edge of your seat story or anything, but during Thanksgiving week, I was home by myself Tuesday and Wednesday of Thanksgiving week. And, uh, to kill time, I caught up with a couple of Thanksgiving theme movies. One of which was plane strains and automobiles, which I saw for only the third time. The other movie I watched simply because everybody on Facebook seems to post about it around Thanksgiving. Uh, You may or may not have heard of it, but there was a famous Arlo Guthrie thing called Alice's Restaurant. That was his album. And he had an 18 and a half minute song called Alice's Restaurant Massacre. It's actually mostly a story. And uh, they turned that story into a full length movie in 1969 starring Arlo Guthrie as himself. Okay. It was a mostly true story. Uh, There were some subplots that were fictionalized big time, but I'm watching the movie and I'm totally now understanding all these screenshots people are posting, like the one that seems to come up most. Uh, The story is that this is a very brief part of the story is that Alice is this friend of Arlo Guthrie's and she and her eventual husband lived in a decommissioned church building. And they invited all their hippie friends over for a big Thanksgiving feast, which is why this is such a big thing at Thanksgiving. So Arlo's thinking, hey, they're, they're doing such a nice thing for us. Let's do something nice for them. Because they lived in this part of Massachusetts where you have to take your own garbage to the dump. Well, Alice and her future husband guy, Ray, 
had amassed a crap ton of garbage they hadn't had a chance to take to the dump yet. So Arlo says to his buddy, hey, as a nice gesture, let's take this stuff to the dump for them. Okay. So they get to the garbage dump, and they found out that it was closed for Thanksgiving. And in the movie, there's a big sign at the front gate that says, this dump is closed for Thanksgiving. And so if anybody sees that uh, like on Thanksgiving, people changing their Facebook profile pictures to that, that's what that's from. Well, when I was at Underground Retrocade on Wednesday night, I took a gaming break to have a drink. And, and you know, up front of Underground Retrocade, there's a lounge where you can have your drinks because uh, obviously they don't want you to drink by the machines. Do right. not drink by machines, people, please, at these arcades. So I just kind of mindlessly scrolling through Facebook and I saw a post on the Rift Tracks group. It was the picture of that sign. This dump is closed for Thanksgiving. Guess what the caption was? Uh, Golden Corral's new slogan. Slogan. Oh, geez. And I, la- <laughs> I never laughed so hard in my life. My favorite recurring joke in Rift Tracks. Here's the thing. I have never yet seen any Rift Tracks thing that made reference to that. I somehow managed to avoid every single reference. I think I was look, watching a Rift Tracks uh, clip video on YouTube, and I just happened to see one, and it was about callbacks to Golden Corral. <laughs> and it was like, one of them was like, eat, damn it. <laughs> Golden Corral's newest slogan. I laughed way too hard at that. I and I am not even kidding. I could not stop laughing That's for great. like half an hour. That's I was great. literally playing Centipede with tears rolling down my face because I could not stop laughing. <laughs> Golden Corral's newest. I love that joke. So that's my like my second favorite punchline of all time. It's right. Be- it's right behind uh, wrecked him, darn near killed him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love it. This dump is closed on Thanksgiving. Golden Corral's Golden newest. Corral's newest slogan. <laughs> of course, of course, people had to point out. Yeah, they're not closed on Thanksgiving, but still. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta find that video now. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's just it's just a, a screenshot. It's just a screenshot. It's not the uh, it no, wasn't I'm a video. The the, uh, the the clip video. Here's one more Golden Corral. Let's see what they got here. Oh, is there like a montage of? Why did you yeah. come okay. to this land of death? Golden Corral's new slogan. <laughs> <laughs> That was just the first one on the second video. I'm going to send you a link to this video, too. <laughs> link in the show notes. We should just do a oh, podcast dude. about YouTube videos that we love. Yeah, this is how, <laughs> this, just to show you how busy it's been, I have yet to post episode 125 on the homepage, and, uh, and the show notes are still not there, if we have any for that episode, that is. But, oh, my God. Yeah. Here it is, like, weeks later, and I still haven't done that. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, everybody. That was totally on me. What is this place? Just shut up. What is this place? Just shut up. Golden Corral's new slogan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, speaking of all this, today was the day, the day that we're recording this, this was the day of my annual screening of the Mystery Science Theater 3000 Santa Claus Conquers of the Martians. Oh? Have you seen uh, either the uh, the Rift Tracks or the uh, cinematic Titanic version? I versions? want to say that I did, but I, I think I, know, I, I own the cinematic Titanic version. I, th- I, I want to say I saw know, the Rift Tracks version, but I'm not sure. I don't know if I own 
the uh, Rift Tracks one. I want to think I do, but I'm not certain. Yeah, and I know uh, I have... Oh, you know what? I was just... What was it? Um, I have a recording of uh, the version Sven Gulli did in the 90s. I think he's done it again since. They were supposed to do a remake of uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, the guys that owned the... Uh, that created the uh, TV cartoon, uh, The Tick. Ah. Owns the owned the rights to it, but they've never got around to doing it. Hmm. I'm sure Rift Tracks probably owns the cinematic Titanic uh, stuff too. Last year, Record Store Day, I think it was uh, Thanksgiving weekend. They when the Record Store Day rolled around, there was a Hooray for Santa Claus on green vinyl, and in that package was also a DVD of the movie. I still haven't watched that version though. I don't know if I want to because I don't want to watch a straight ahead version of Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Okay. They have the Rift Tracks version. Where did I get the cinematic Titanic version? Mm, okay, you could get it off of Amazon, of course. Ah. Oh, Shout Factory TV. That's who has it. Ah, Shout okay. Factory. Shout Factory, you can buy it from there, too. They've got all of them, and I want to think they are all on sale recently, all hmm. of the uh, cinematic Titanic episodes. I've seen a few uh, few of them. There's some really good ones, like um, the Alien Factor is really hilarious. Uh, it's like a cheap... Uh, alien invasion movie that was filmed around baltimore you could tell they had no budget it was awesome how could you tell i mean it's baltimore well that's the backstory huh Uh, i mean how can you tell the difference between regular baltimore people and say invading aliens uh invading aliens were reptilian Hmm. oh dude shout factory tv's got uh, old uh, episodes of the tonight show with johnny carson huh i have to watch that but they got a 24-hour MST3K channel. Well, enough about that, though. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the cinematic Titanic stuff was really good. It was uh, uh, Frank Conniff, J. Elvis Weinstein, uh, Mary Jo Pell, Trace Beaulieu, and Joel Hodgson. Was that it? There's five, five or six people. So it was like the other half of the Mystery Science Theater group, after, yeah. you know, because uh, Mike and uh, Paul and... Um, I think Bill or, Corbett. No, no, uh, Paul, Kevin. Uh, no, uh, what's his name? Bill. Bill Corbett and, um, and Kevin uh, Murphy. Kevin Murphy and Mike uh, all went to do riff tracks, but uh, so yeah, they uh, they were intending it on being a live tour and a version of MST3K that was specifically made for high def uh, larger screen televisions mm. that were just coming around at the time they started the project. So uh, it's worth checking out that stuff. Their stuff is really good. I think with that, maybe we should probably start. Closing up shop here, what okay. do you think? Yeah, I think we should. We've, we've rambled on about nothing for a while. Um, uh, I do want to make an announcement. Uh-oh. Um, as far as uh, Patreon goes, uh, the day we're recording this, we have had, uh, just a couple days before, uh, one of the worst tornadoes in the nation's history. Uh, it went through Arkansas, Missouri, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Uh, oh, by the way, I heard they just downgraded the death toll in Kentucky. Oh, good. And another tornado uh, destroyed a Amazon facility in uh, Edwardsville. Uh, Edwardsville, Illinois. And they actually downgraded the deaths in that to six from uh, the original, I think, nine, hmm. they were saying. Uh, and they say everybody's accounted for over there, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, not good that anyone died, but good that you know people were, everyone's accounted for. Yeah. So uh, what we're going to do with our Patreon donations this month is we're going to... I've been looking. I can't find a specific one yet, but uh, we're going to donate it to a, uh, a mental health organization either in that area or uh, near uh, Edwardsville, Illinois, to help people out because, uh, you know, the physical needs are met for the most part after a major tragedy disaster like this. Uh, mental 
health issues, mm-hmm. not so much. And I think our country can do a better job of addressing that yep. than we already do. And so uh, we're going to donate all of our, uh, probably to NAMI, because we, uh, they've been, uh, I think they're a pretty good uh, charity. When uh, that hurricane hit Houston a few years ago, we did that. We donated to the Houston chapter of NAMI. Yeah, the company that I worked for before it was bought uh-huh. out by the current company I worked for, uh, their number one charity was NAMI. Yeah, it's a great organization. They have so many damn resources. So uh, if we can't find one down uh, Kentucky, Arkansas way, uh, we'll donate it to uh, to the one out in uh, St. Louis, which Edwardsville is just outside yeah. St. Louis. So uh, that's what we're going to do with this month's Patreon donations. Yeah. So. And these are donations from the following people. Uh Good. We have 22 donors, so you oh, know, wow. so that's that's 22? pretty. So yeah, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good amount right there. So the, yeah. so all the following people are helping with th- this, and I'll throw in some buckage of my own too. So thank you big time to New Balance Stores, Phoenix, D. Alex, Christian Williams, Mark Super, Timmy Mack, Richard Grounds, uh, Greg over at the SNES Podcast, Daniel Chavis. Rory Coleman, Kurt Musgrave, Air Shack, Retro Game Club Podcast, Keith Sheehan, uh, Kevin Bean, Mike Hat NJ, Art Guglielmo, Kyle Adder, Lance Andres, Nate Lockhart, Atari Bites. That's what all my Intellivision friends used to say, by the way. Uh, Underground Retrocade, PJ Steele, Richard Valdez, thank you all so much. Uh, yeah, what the the money that you're sending to us is actually going to a much more worthy cause than yeah. a video game podcast. So oh, thank you so much. I do also want to uh, give a shout out to uh, Scott Meredith. He uh, uh, 3D printed me some joysticks for my uh, Intellivision controllers. Oh, nice. So uh, yeah, I have yet to attach them and try them out, but uh, thank you, Scott. So uh, there we go. And I think uh, that's uh, it for this, uh, this episode. Um, Thank you to everybody who's donated, been with us over the years. Uh, We hope you all have a very Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Celebrate it. Yeah, well, yes. Uh, National Aluminum Siding Month. Oh, Uh, that's right. Yeah. So whatever you celebrate, uh, celebrate with... uh, Celebrate with gusto and with cheer. Oh, I can't celebrate National Aluminum Siding Month. I live in a brick building. No siding here. Shoot. Uh, we've got vinyl siding. Uh, uh, crap. We can't celebrate either. So. Oh, well. And uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And uh, if we don't hear you from you before then, happy Elvis's birthday. Oh, yeah, indeed. Yeah, that's coming uh, up in uh, January. Presley, by the way. I don't think it's... I think Elvis Costello's is in the summer. Well, oh, I keep forgetting there's two Elvises. Yeah. <laughs> and one of my favorite quotes from uh, the, the TV show, uh, Married with Children, one time uh, the Bundy's house was invaded by Elvis impersonators, and Peg said to uh, Marcy, oh, look, Marcy, Elvi. Yeah. <laughs> I love that one. So, And uh, we'll talk to you all later in uh, Golden Corral's newest slogan. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, this is the last time I have to use, I have this category that I have to use for my sign-off. And, uh, it's very and I got an idea for a new category for next year. Me too, me too. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put we'll our, put our thoughts here. together. Very poignant uh, this time, of course. I bid you all a fond naked persimmon. Oh, yes. Uh, R.I.P. Mike Nesmith. Bye. Support your local arcade. This episode of the Pie Factory podcast was edited and produced by Hyde St. Pierre. Opening and closing theme is the Happy CTA Holiday Train, composed by Sean Courtney. Follow the Pie Factory podcast online via Facebook, 
on Twitter at PieFactoryPFP or on PieFactoryPodcast.com. Support the show at Patreon.com slash PieFactoryPodcast. 9 p.m. B-U-L-O-V-A, Bulova Watch Time. This Christmas, buy her the new Bulova President. Curve to fit the foot. Curve to fit the foot? Huh? I have kids, and I wonder that myself.